Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. You're listening to the Relationships Made Easy podcast, and I am your host, Dr. Abby Metcalf. How you doing? You are listening to the Relationships Made Easy podcast with Dr. Abby Metcalf. Change your relationship even if your partner won't do a thing. I kind of yelled Abby there, didn't I? Sorry. Uh, This is episode 74, and today is all things gratitude, but I'm going to make it really good, I promise, because gratitude gets, I'm throwing up in my mouth a little sometimes, right? Um, (laughs) We're going to talk about how gratitude is a gateway drug, how gratitude is a skill, and something you really, really need. So I'm going to get right to it. We're going to jump in because we have a lot to cover today. And uh, I'm recording this right after Thanksgiving and before, you know, the December holidays. And so it's just a great time to talk about gratitude. Last week, we discussed appreciation and how it's different than gratitude. So I'll link to that in the show notes if you haven't uh, listened to that yet. How could you not have listened to that yet? It was brilliant. Uh, ha ha. I'm just ranking on myself. No, it was good though. I got, uh, I've already gotten some uh, people responding that they really enjoyed it. So, and I talked about how appreciation is all about being in the here and now. And by noticing something, you turn it from a neutral event into a positive one, thereby seeing it with new eyes. So that was really the essence of last week's uh, broadcast. But today we're going to cover all things gratitude, which is something, again, bigger and broader. Gratitude to me is when we look up from our appreciation in the moment and look out at the, our larger world and the people outside ourselves. That's to me what that is. That's the big difference. And when we do that, we see that there are positive things in our lives, you know, having success at our jobs or with our children or, you know, whatever, wherever you see your success, and that these wonderful things are due to, in part at least, to people or forces outside of ourselves. So this could be a spiritual belief, you know, um, thank you, God, for all that I have. Thank you, universe, source. Um, other, this could be other people's efforts. 
Uh, I'm so grateful that my wife earns enough money that I don't have to work full time and can devote myself to my passion of writing my great novel. Uh, it could be due to other people's accomplishments. Uh, you could say, I'm so grateful my parents made enough money to pay for my college education. It could be other people in general. You know, I'm so grateful for my wonderful husband, my wonderful partner, my wonderful aunt. Uh, and it could be general circumstances. Maybe I'm so grateful to live in such a safe neighborhood or so grateful that I have heat in my home. It feels so good. Uh, those kinds of things. So gratitude, and you can see that it's very different than walking out your door and smelling the air and thinking, oh, that air smells so good. I'm, you know, I'm so appreciative of just this beautiful morning as I walk to work, you know, that that's a very different thing. So I, I do want to just touch briefly, you know me, I'm a research nut. So on the history of gratitude, because I was really interested, I thought is, where is this from? Like, how long has this been around? And sociologist George Simmel calls gratitude, the moral memory of mankind. Uh, I loved that. I thought it was such a great quote. He believes that gratitude it likely evolved, and he says, by strengthening bonds between members of the same species who mutually helped each other out. Kind of interesting, right? By the way, they found gratitude in monkeys. They found gratitude in, uh, they've shown it in other species uh, besides, in other animals, I should say, besides humans, besides Homo sapien. Um, Michael McCulloch, his research supports the same thing. He kind of says the same thing. And, and he says, the positive feeling of gratitude can alert us to the benefits we've received from others and inspire us to show appreciations, which will in turn make others more likely to help us again in the future. And in this way, gratitude helps build social bonds and friendships between individuals. So you can really see how in the evolution of humans, gratitude would have been a really good thing to help bond people, to keep them going back to a certain person or clan or group. Um, and it could really keep you uh, in, you know, in that way, in, in a in a real um, familial way and a, in a, a cooperative way, right? Collaborative. So uh, you can see where that kind of comes from. It's just sort of interesting. The the God thing with gratitude or the, you know, higher power source universe is a little different than the kind of sociological, biological impacts of it. So anyway, I thought it was kind of interesting. So now, so what else is gratitude? I've kind of talked about this bigger vision of it, et cetera. And you can't talk about gratitude without mentioning Dr. Robert Emmons. He is like the gratitude guru of the world. And he's from the University of California, Davis. Uh, he's written books, done tons of research. This is this is one of the big dudes in gratitude. And he says that it has two components. The gratitude has two components. He says, on the one hand, it's an affirmation of goodness. Um, you know, you you say, yes, there are good things in the world. There's gifts and benefits that you've received, right? And then he, the second component, component is that we recognize that the source of the goodness, the source of whatever that good stuff is that's coming is outside of yourself. That we acknowledge that other people, again, or a higher power or whatever, gave us many gifts, big and small, to help us get all that goodness in our lives. He uses that term goodness, which I'm using again, um, 
on purpose because I think it's such a cute word. Uh, so it's it's interesting, right? So again, that that you affirm that there's something good and that you recognize that that source of that isn't just you, that there's things outside yourself. So, and I think that's kind of right on. Um, so I'm going to talk about the benefits briefly. Now, uh, people who practice gratitude have tons of benefits. I'm sure you've heard a lot of them before. I'm not going to get into them too much because I have uh, I have four reasons why gratitude is good that I want to get to. But we know that gratitude improves well-being and physical health, people that practice it regularly. We know grateful people tend to have lower blood pressure, improved immunity, healthier hearts. Some studies even suggest gratitude can help you live longer. I know, amazing. We also know that gratitude builds mental strength. We know, uh, so studies have shown that grateful people are more resilient. They're better equipped to manage stress. They experience fewer toxic emotions like resentment and envy. So these are all great reasons to practice gratitude right there, right? I mean, why wouldn't you want to do it? But I'm going to talk about my top four reasons why gratitude is good from just a slightly different perspective. And again, I'll talk a little bit more about the research. And then I'm going to obviously give you some practical tools for some getting your gratitude on. I promise not to say attitude of gratitude this whole uh, podcast. Okay. So will you stay with me if I don't say attitude of gratitude? Okay. Um, <laughs> so the, again, those are all good reasons to practice gratitude, what I just said, but there's, here's my top four reasons why I think it's great. And the first is that it allows us to celebrate the present. So it magnifies positive emotions. And this is huge because we're always looking to magnify our positive emotions. We're always looking to do that. Uh, research on emotions shows that positive emotions wear off quickly. I've talked about this before. Your negative emotions uh, stay longer and have more of an impression on the brain and you remember them longer. I know. And the good stuff kind of wears off. We're like Teflon for good things. I've said this before. It just whoop, it slides right off the top. So research on emotions shows that these positive emotions wear off quickly and our emotional systems like newness and change. They they love the newness and change. They always want something else. And so when we're kind of bringing ourselves back to gratitude, it really helps kind of stoke the fires on these more positive emotions as opposed to the negative ones. And uh, it we also, you know, we adapt to positive life circumstances. So um you know this, it's called uh, habituation. So, you know, before too long, you're the new car, the new spouse, the new house, whatever. It doesn't feel so new and exciting anymore. So gratitude helps kind of bring that to the forefront again. And gratitude makes us appreciate the value of something. And when we appreciate the value of something, we get more benefits from it. We're less likely to take it for granted. So that's another great reason to be grateful. And Instead of just sort of adapting, well, Emmons talks about this. Instead of just sort of adapting to goodness, we end up celebrating the goodness. You know, you take it kind of that level up. And the other reason why, again, it allows us to celebrate the present and magnifies positive emotions is because we spend so much time watching things, right? We spend a lot of times watching things these days, especially uh, movies, computer screens, Facebook feeds, sports. You know, you're watching all the time. You're watching something. But with gratitude, we become greater participants in our lives as opposed to spectators. You're 
in it. You're feeling it. You're not just watching it. You're really bringing it in. Uh, and so it, it just makes a big difference. And again, all of this helps us magnify our positive emotions, which is the bomb. Okay, the second reason why I think gratitude is a, is the bomb diggity is because gratitude blocks toxic negative emotions like uh, resentment, helplessness, and regret. That's another bad one. And all those can really destroy our happiness without a doubt. I'd say resentment, helplessness, and regret. Those are three biggies, right? So research shows that gratitude can reduce the frequency and duration of episodes of depression. How do you like that? Incredible, right? Uh, that's uh, Alex Wood published that in the Journal of Research and Personality. But it's um, incredible when you read, the, read this research. It can actually reduce the frequency and duration of episodes of depression. So saying what you're grateful for. And I'm going to talk more about how to do that later in the broadcast. But um, And the other thing is, you know, you can't feel envious and grateful at the same time. I've talked about this, you know, the way the brain works. You can't be in your fear part of your brain and in the love part of your brain at the same time. It doesn't work. That You can't get on the highway. If, if one of them is on, the other one can't get on. So, uh, so research shows that people who have high levels of gratitude have low levels of resentment and angry and, and envy because of that, because you can't do both at the same time. So if you're grateful a lot, guess what happens? You know, that other stuff can't get in there. So again, it's blocking these toxic negative emotions. Reason number three why I think gratitude is great is grateful people are more stress resistant. And in these days of stress, it, I can't think of something more important and something easy that's easier to do to, to get to have less stress and to be more stress resistant, I should say. So there are a number of studies showing that in the face of serious trauma, adversity, suffering, if people have a grateful disposition, they recover more quickly. You end up, again, with this resilience that you didn't have before. So got to love that. And then number four, I'm going to drum roll on my desk. I don't know if you can hear that. Uh, why reason why gratitude is good. Uh, grateful people have a higher sense of self-worth. So, uh, and Emmons, again, he says that once you start to recognize the contributions that other people have made to your life, once you realize that other people have seen the value in you, you can, can, trans you can sorry, transform the way you see yourself. Isn't that amazing? And it's so true, right? When we really see ourselves reflected in other people in a wonderful way, we really can start to change our self-esteem and start thinking of ourselves differently. So when that's happening consistently over and over and over. So uh, there you have it. There's my four reasons why gratitude is good. And uh, I do want to talk a little bit more. I, you know, I keep saying the research shows, the research shows. I'm not going to link to all this research in the show notes. It's just too much. I'll link to a couple of the really good books that are out there that have a ton of the research. Um, and I, But I will pull out a couple things right now. So it, it's because um, I really just want to drive home how gratitude works in your personal relationships, especially the one with your partner. That's why I want to talk about this particular research right now. Um, so there was an experiment at Northeastern University, and the researchers were Monica Bartlett and David Destino, or Destino. I'm not sure how to, oh, I'm sorry if I butcher people's names. If you're ever listening and I'm quoting your research, write in, yell at me, tell me I said it wrong. I'm happy to give you a, <laughs> a correction in the next podcast. So they, what they did is they did an experiment 
and they sabotaged. They uh, they had a bunch of people participating, right? And they sabotaged each participant's computer. And then they arranged for another student to fix it. And afterwards, the students who had been helped were likelier to volunteer to help someone else, like a total stranger, with an unrelated task. And what this experiment and subsequent ones like it show is that gratitude seems to pr promote good karma. It you know it seems to kind of you know pay it forward. And if it works with strangers, imagine what will happen with your partner or your friends or your coworker. You know people that are actually close to you. So when we help others, that th this is that kind of contagion that takes over, which is really really wonderful. Um, now, some of you listening right now will be nice until someone, you know, like your partner or boss is mean to you. So you'll be nice up until someone else isn't nice to you. And one of the big don'ts is not to ever engage in like counterattack. If you're bracing for insults with your partner, I need you to listen to this experiment at the University of Kentucky. This is a really good one. Uh, so what they did was, you know, if you do that, you know, you're, you're, they're coming at you, then you suddenly go at them and you counterattack. It, it's really, it's not, you, you already know it's not good, but let me, let me tell you about the research. So, uh, <laughs> it, the University of Kentucky, what they did was they, uh, they had someone after the, turning, they, they had students turn in a piece of writing. Okay. So they, they turned in a piece of writing and some students received praise for it while other students got you know a scathing evaluation they were just torn apart over this thing that they wrote and they heard you know things like this is the one of the worst essays i've ever read you know just terrible things they heard and then they had each student play a computer game against the person who done the evaluation okay so these students who were praised, told they did a great job, and then these students who were just torn apart um, were each then, right, given this computer game where they're playing against the person that just evaluated them. And the winner of the game, get this, could administer a blast of white noise to the loser. And so it's not surprising, the insulted, the people who were writing who were insulted they retaliated against their critics by subjecting them to especially loud blasts. They did it much louder uh, and longer than the noise by the students who had gotten positive evaluations. Those students who won when they, you know, against their critics, against their evaluator, they really would either not blast the noise at all or do it really low and very short. So, but there was an exception to this trend among a subgroup of the students. So <laughs> it's really interesting. The ones who had been instructed to write essays about things for which they were grateful, okay? And after that exercise in counting their blessings, you know, and in, in writing about what they're grateful for, they weren't as bothered by the nasty criticism and didn't feel the need to seek revenge on their critics. How amazing is that? So <laughs> I know, isn't that, Cool. So really think about that and really think about how that applies to your own life. And this st study's been replicated. It's it's pretty cool. And uh, Nathan DeWall was one of the 
Kentucky researchers. And he said, gratitude is more than just feeling good. It helps people become less aggressive by enhancing their empathy. It's an equal opportunity emotion. Anyone can experience it and benefit from it. Even the most crotchety uncle at the holiday dinner table. I love how he said that. So, because gratitude is literally a gateway drug. It is a gateway drug. Really think about that. So when you are reacting to your partner and, you know, giving them a counterattack, right, they're going to attack back even louder or even more venomously or whatever. That's what happens with that. And yet when there's this gratitude alive in a couple or at work or wherever, we find that even if there are attacks, people are less likely to counterattack, less likely to um, feel the need to respond in a really negative way. It doesn't, it clearly doesn't uh, hit them as hard or bother them as much. It's amazing. So Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Okay, so if you've been following me for any period of time, you know I say that a happy, fulfilling life is about getting better at certain skills, right? I say it all the time. Uh, effective listening is a skill. Confidence is a skill. Happiness is a skill. All these things that make up a happy life uh, are all skills, you know, communication, all of them are skills. So when you get better at these skills, you know, effective listening, confidence, and happiness, you're a better communicator. And it's true for gratitude too. Gratitude is a skill. And better yet, like I said, it's like a gateway skill. It's a gateway drug. When you get good at it, you also get better at other skills like compassion, patience, forgiveness, all those good ones. So that's why it's like a, a gateway emotion or gateway skill. It's really helping you be better at the things you want to get better at to be successful, happy, fulfilled, content in your life and your relationships. So that's, I, I just can't say enough about it. And um, I have uh, clients, I, I have them do it all the time where I ask them to just in the morning sit with their partner while they're having coffee or whatever and just say what they're grateful for. Just take a moment and really focus on the gratitude. And it doesn't have to be with each other, but just in in life. Just take a moment and do it. It's such a good thing. So, okay. So let's talk about how to get better at gratitude. So let's talk about the skill set, the skill, you know, the ways to increase this skill set. And I have, you know, a handful of suggestions for you before we end today. And uh, so, and 
by the way, you can come to the website and I'm, I have uh, four steps to practicing gratitude in no time. And you can get that, download that for free at uh, abbymedcalf.com forward slash podcast. This is episode 74 on gratitude. And it's different than what I'm about to say. I just sort of put it into steps to make it kind of, you know, a little easier to do on your own separately and to have a little extra love from me. So <laughs> here's the deal. So it, one thing that's written a lot about a lot in all of the um, research and the suggestions and ev- and just everywhere else are uh, to do a gratitude journal. So where you would, you know, write down what you're grateful for. Uh, and I want to talk a bit about that um, because it's not just writing it, it's also feeling it. So I do want to say something about that. But, you know, sitting down and really getting in that headspace and really thinking about what you're grateful for, what you... Again, things that are generally outside of yourself. It could be that you're grateful that you're healthy. It could be, you know, that you're uh, smart. Well, I don't know. It, you're you can be grateful for those things too. And you know, a lot of gratitude is about the things outside of us and the people outside of us. So that's great. So keeping a journal, and you could do that. Take the journal around with you. You could, you know, write it in every morning, and you do an hour of power or something. You could close your day with it. But it's really nice to start your day with this kind of thing to write what you're grateful for. First things first. I wouldn't spend hours on this, but you know, taking five, 10 minutes to write what you're grateful for each day is a wonderful thing. And sometimes I'm not in the mood to write what I'm grateful for. <laughs> and so what I'll do instead is read what I'd written before about what I was grateful for. And that never fails in sort of shifting my focus, shifting how I'm feeling in a moment. It's kind of amazing. Uh, A second thing you can do is count your blessings every morning and night. So, you know, again, three things you're grateful for every morning, like just, and you could do that with your partner over coffee. And then you could every night before you go to bed, you could lay in bed and go, okay, what are three things we're grateful for? You could do this obviously around the dinner table. It's a really nice thing for everybody to just go and say one thing they're grateful for before you start eating, as opposed to, yes, it's nice to be grateful for the food, but what else? What else are you grateful for in your bigger world? It's a easy thing to include. You, If you don't like to pray, you don't have to pray. It doesn't have to be anything God-like if you don't want it that way. Um, but it, it's it's a great, wonderful, I think, very spiritual, loving practice to do. And especially if you have children, it's a wonderful thing to start turning on in them this idea, especially with kids, because they their ability for empathy isn't uh, hardwired yet <laughs> in their little teenage brains. And so doing this really helps get them out of that, you know, what can seem very entitled or self-serving, all that, and really help them kind of see the bigger picture. So counting your blessings in the morning and at night or doing it around mealtimes, great thing. Uh, Concrete reminders to practice gratitude are great. And these can, these again are particularly effective in working with kids because kids aren't abstract thinkers. They don't do as well making a big list or something. So that would be like a gratitude jar. Um, you could have that, like write down little things in a, and throw them in a jar and have a gratitude jar. Or you could have um, a jar with change in it. Like every time you think of something you're grateful for, you throw a quarter in or a dime or whatever change you have into the jar. And then later you can donate that to some organization and uh, make that a family thing or just a couple thing or a single thing. Uh, it's another great idea. Um, 
Another thing is to focus on, be grateful for what you give versus what you receive. Uh, Mother Teresa used to talk about how grateful she was to the people she was helping because they enabled her to grow and deepen her spirituality. And I ain't no Mother Teresa, I'm not gonna lie, but I have to say, it's a wonderful practice. I think we often think of gratitude as just these things we have and everything around us, but being grateful for your ability to give to, because it does, it serves you on other levels. Um, I'm, I'm grateful I do this podcast, you know, it's free. It's part of my mission to help people. I, I don't, you know, there's nothing you have to pay for. I have free downloads all the time. I, I do this out of my sense of wanting world peace, one relationship at a time. <laughs> I'm changing the world, one relationship at a time. And this is my, where I, you know, put up or shut up. I, I do this in my blog and my video, you know, I do a bunch of stuff because it's what I believe in. And it does. It makes me feel great. Uh, I just had a, a wonderful email this morning from a childhood friend who we had kind of refriended on Facebook and and she but you know bought my book and she left a wonderful review and hi Val. Uh, and um, you know, it's not even like she and I talk or, or have talked much or anything, but there's just this lovely connection. She totally gets it. And uh, it was such a nice email. She just sent me to thank me, you know, for she's on my weekly, she gets my newsletter every week. If you're not on there, I don't know why not. It's really fun. Um, and she was just thanking me for something I had said and how it really helped her over the holiday. And it felt so good. So it does, and it deepens my connection to people, to myself. It, it's a win-win. So practicing what you're grateful for what you can give versus what you receive is another great little tip for getting better at this whole gratitude thing. Uh, okay, I got about four more. Ready? So... You can remember the bad. Now I say this, <laughs> you saw I hesitated. Um, <laughs> remembering the hard times you once experienced, you know, something bad that happened and how difficult life used to be and how far you've come, that can be a really good thing. So really what you're doing is comparing it. And, and I talked about this before uh, in last week's broadcast about the difference between gratitude and appreciation is because gratitude at its heart is comparing to something else often. Um, and th this is an example of that. But it can be really helpful to, because sometimes we're in our moments not feeling like we make enough money or, you know, we have enough, enough of whatever. And when we think back to times when we had less money or less food or less things or worse cars or whatever, it can really help with that relativity, uh, really put us in the moment of gratitude for what we truly do have because you're doing that comparison. I know sometimes I've done a gratitude list and I just can't find it in myself. I, I feel like I'm saying the same thing over and over and I'm grateful for my house. I'm grateful for my car, you know? And when I do this, I will do this sometimes. I'll really think about a time in my life that was really bad, maybe when I was addicted to drugs or something, or when I felt really lonely and didn't have such a loving, wonderful partner. And then, oh, you know, that like, ah, oh, the, the relief, the exhale that comes with really breathing in this thing I have now, it does, it feels so much better. It feels great. So what I use this uh, tip or trick when I'm having trouble finding the gratitude, I, I use this comparison trick. It helps a lot. Uh, another tip I have is to learn a prayer of gratitude. There's plenty of gratitude prayers out there. And sometimes something like that really helps or to watch a, um, 
a video, there's tons of them on YouTube, little gratitude videos or little gratitude meditations. Any of those are awesome because, you know, it, it's sort of, you know, praying about gratitude in some way or meditating on it or focusing on it in some way. Those are great too. And a lot of them take five minutes, 10 minutes. You don't have to take, again, hours and hours to do gratitude. As a matter of fact, I don't recommend it at all. Uh, my second to last tip is to use visual reminders. So what I find is that the two primary obstacles to gratefulness are forgetfulness and this lack of mindfulness, right? This lack of awareness in a moment. And so visual reminders are a great cue to trigger gratitude. And one of my favorites that I think I've shared before is that I keep stickies in my car and I will write something on the sticky and put it on in the center of my steering wheel, some word, some something, or I'll just write the word gratitude to remind myself to be grateful. Uh, and I, and it'll key me in because I see the visual. You can change the uh, wallpaper on your computer or your phone. You can, uh, I also have like little rocks that I carry around <laughs> sometimes that have different words on them. Uh, the And I'm pulling it out of my pocket right now. Uh, the rock in my pocket right now says faith. So there you go. So it, it just kind of keys me in. It's something, and you can have a little rock that says gratitude, or you can have a, a little picture you keep around to remind yourself to be grateful, or you can set a reminder on your phone to remind yourself to be grateful. Once you make it more of a habit, you'll remember to do it. And I and this is really true. I know I've been doing this for a long time now, and I'm grateful often, often. I think that's one of the things um, my wonderful partner would say I do a lot is I I tell him how grateful I am. I, I give him a lot of appreciation, um, those two things, because I, and I'll even remember something he did, you know, uh, last summer he took me on this trip and, you know, paid for everything and did this whole thing. And it was just so lovely. And he just coordinated it all. And I was just, I was remembering it again, you know, later going, oh, I was so awesome. Thank you. Thank you so, so much. Um, you know, so those moments are really great. So getting a visual reminder so that you remember to do it until it becomes a habit or again, or a, a, a audio reminder of some kind is great. You can also, the other thing I've done with my, um, my bestie in New York, uh, the wonderful Rhonda, is we have sent gratitudes to each other by text each morning. And it doesn't say anything else. It's not like, hey, how you doing? Good morning. Hope you're having a good day. It's none of that. It literally just says, uh, we, we'll just say grateful for, and we list three things. That's it. And then I would reply, or if I already did it, you know, with three things I'm grateful for. And it's really nice. And I loved that because it was actually, I'm going to start Rhonda, if you're listening, I'm going to start doing it again. <laughs> we haven't done it for a couple months. I, we did it for a while. It was really great. Um, and it actually is nice to start and stop. I think that is kind of nice. But I want to start that again because it's such a wonderful way to stay present and focused. It's it's the best. And uh, you're also kind you know, of reaching out from far away. And then the last thing I want to suggest today is that you watch your language. We, again, know from the research that grateful people have a particular linguistic style that uses language like gifts, uh, givers, blessings, blessed, 
fortune, fortunate, abundance, right? These kind of words. So be really mindful of the words you use to describe your life. If you're often using scarcity words and not enough words, that's a problem. And what? so one of the biggest things I can tell you to do right off the bat is when you wake up in the morning, if you wake up to an alarm and you shut it off, be very, first of all, shut it off. Don't do the snooze alarm because the snooze alarm signals that you don't have enough sleep, that you're too tired to get out of bed. It's not a good way to start your day for a number of biological reasons, but also emotional reasons. There's a, what the first thing I do when I wake up now, literally, is I turn off the alarm, if I don't wake up before it, is I don't even like lift my head out of the bed and I take a breath and I think of something I'm grateful for and how I want to set my intention for the day. And then later I do some more gratitude, but in that moment. And I have to tell you, people ask me all the time, you know, are you always so happy? Are you always in a good mood? And the answer, of course, is no. Of course not. I'm human. I get scared. I get freaked out. I get upset. I get angry. I get all kinds of things. But in general, the vast majority of the time, I do feel appreciative and grateful for my life, for those around me, for everything I'm able to do, all that good stuff, because I practice it because it's a skill, (laughs) not because I was built that way. Not people, I've said it before, I'll say it again, people aren't motivated. People aren't happy. People aren't grateful. They're not. These things are states, not traits. That being tall and having dark hair and dark eyes, these are traits I have. It is not a trait (laughs) that I am grateful or motivated or happy. These are states that come and go, and we always have to work on keeping them as a more common state, a more consistent state, if that's what we're looking for. So there you have it for today. I am so, so happy you're with me. I want to remind you again that you can uh, download the four steps to practicing gratitude in no time when you come on over to the website. Uh, If you haven't yet, definitely check out the YouTube channel because it's awesome. Abby Metcalf thriving. You can just look up Abby Metcalf PhD. I'll link to it in the show notes also. Um, Subscribe to the channel if you haven't, please, please. And uh, that is it for today. And I will talk to you next week. Have an amazing, amazing, great gratitude filled and appreciation filled week. Thanks for listening to the Relationships Made Easy podcast at www.abbymedcalf.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with Bowlin Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowlin Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlinBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.